This is a Hot Pie Original. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Inhumane Podcast. We are at episode 19, and I'm so excited to have Jennifer Foxworthy with us today. Um, She actually... Uh, runs the Unstoppable You Ministries um, out of Maryland. However, she is all over the United States. She has done great work with domestic violence and she is one of my go-to gals because she has woken up and she sees how human trafficking has intersected in her space of um, domestic violence, and then she trickled off into helping home the homeless population and how human trafficking affects them and in the porn addiction and how human trafficking affects that. Like she is just an inspiration and a breath of fresh air because she is getting it. Her and her team, Jennifer and her team are in the trenches. So I'm so excited for you to hear. Let's go ahead and get started. We're so grateful that you are here on the Inhumane podcast with us. Um, we're so excited. I mentioned to that to you a variety of times when you and I have been on Zoom calls and, and on the phone. Um, it was just so great to have your perspective for our community. As I've mentioned, you know, we really try to focus on bringing human trafficking to the community, right? And eliminate all that jargon and take away all the silos so that the public can really say, all right, what can I do? What do I need to look out for, right? How can I participate and so on and so forth? And so I just wanted everyone to meet you and find out what it is that you're doing and how you've been helping human trafficking victims, um, And I'm going to get to that point, but I really would like for everyone uh, to learn a little bit about you. Like you spent so much time in the U.S. Navy, and I would love to know uh, your time as a service member, if you could start us off that way. Oh, good gracious. Thank (laughs) you so much for having me on your show. I think what you all are doing is phenomenal. The awareness needs to be heard. And I'm just grateful for this collaboration But I spent 21.7 years in the United States Navy, went in right after high school. Matter of fact, I knew in 10th grade that I wanted to go and serve in the armed forces. I couldn't afford to go to college like the rest of my classmates. And I figured this would be uh, give me my greatest chance of success in making something of myself. While I was in, I had a very fruitful career. But it wasn't without its challenges like anything, but I praise God that it made me uh, stronger, resilient, and wiser, um, the person that I am today. My first four years, I detected, localized, and tracked enemy ships and submarines. Then I transitioned to a naval air crewman who uh, performing those duties while in flight in an airplane. Mm -hmm. avionics technician and because of my gender and my skin color I knocked down a lot of barriers uh dealt with a lot of isolation discrimination workplace bullying but I was the first in three different naval aviation squadrons wow um, because of my outer (laughs) appearance I'm like oh my goodness so you can imagine when you're the first of something totally um, 
there's there's the the, the adversity. Um, right. Spent 15 years doing that. Flew combat missions in three different wars. Traveled around the country. Um, matter of fact, I've been to 49 out of the 50 states. The only state I have not been to is North Dakota. <laughs> Over 27 different countries. So a, a fruitful career. And then my last tour. I became a certified alcohol and drug counselor, a substance abuse counselor, uh, supporting our military members and their dependents who struggle with substance abuse. I want to finish my career doing, continuing to do something bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. So I just have a heart to serve. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for your service. Um, That does sound absolutely like a fruitful career. And we appreciate you you fighting for us and and our freedom for sure. And I think that that gives you really such a great perspective as we are fighting um, really what our population is facing is that addiction. Right. And you and I've talked about this addiction of, yes, that's drugs and alcohol, but even the addiction of porn. Right. And what that does to the brain and how that uh, spirals down into um, getting people that actually pay for sex. And a lot of these victims happen to be trafficked. Right. Um, And the demand. Right. Because of those addiction is just skyrocketing. And people honestly when it comes to drug and alcohol, we actually give grace. We're learning as a society, right? To give more grace to those individuals and say, hey, that's a sickness. And we're willing to work with them a lot more, but we have not gotten that way when it comes to porn. Right. Right. That is such a still huge faux pas. It is. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. It. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Because it, it, it is. I see it. Right. We don't want to talk about it in the pulpit. We don't want to talk about it to middle school and elementary. And I'm all about age appropriate uh, language as a former teacher myself. But mm-hmm. we're not having those conversations and we just want to ignore it. And we're not seeing how it fuels uh, a human trafficking. Um, so I thank you for your service again. And I'd love to know about this resilience that you've obtained in those 20 plus years as a Navy service member and how that formed um, the Unstoppable Me Ministries nonprofit that you started. Uh, Antoinette, thank you so much uh, for that question. Uh, the resiliency I think it's just layers upon layers of not wanting to give up or live with any regrets. Mm. And Unstoppable You Ministries. Yes, Unstoppable You. Sorry. Yep, that's right. So sorry. That's right. (laughs) Unstoppable. And I love the fact that you have identified with that and personalized it. So that is okay. That's what we want. Matter of fact, our our slogan is Unstoppable You. Right. Me, unstoppable we. So you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. So Unstoppable You Ministries is just one of two businesses that I have mm-hmm. for profit where I'm a motivational speaker and author. And then Unstoppable You Ministries is a 501c3 organization. And we are in the trenches just like you are. Um, and I love the collaboration. That's what it's about. No yeah. one organization can do it alone. That's right. In order to have the various platforms that we have, resilience is needed because (laughs) 
Sometimes people give you the quarterback stiff arm. They don't want to hear the information. Right. And how do you not just kind of give up hope and like, you know what? I'm going to just leave it to your own devices. So true. Hear about it. Then so be it. However, it's through that resilience and perseverance and having the courage to just keep pushing the information out there that people's ears start to kind of perk up and like, well, so give you a quick example. I just hosted my 12th, my 21st Unstoppable You conference. Mm. One conferences within eight years. Um, and it's been on tour since 2013. Beautiful. And I had a couple who goes to my church. The husband, after 16 years of marriage, the wife caught her husband with a pornography and sex addiction. Where that would, so it's interesting that you bring that up because I'm leading to that intersection. Mm -hmm. They, the shock, you know, of, you know, from the wife and the betrayal and everything else, but praise God, they were able to weather that storm and through that adversity and experience, it is actually a ministry because they are recovery coaches turned back to help other men and women struggling with pornography and sexual addiction so much so that they are very busy. Um, they follow Dr. Wise. They're mm-hmm. heavily certified. They even have people from Canada, from other countries joining their Zoom sessions. Yeah. So, after this, if you need them as a resource, I'd be happy to share. But Appreciate that. This couple is just so amazing. They co-presented at the event. Okay. Because I have been able to get to know them and their story, I didn't necessarily, I did it over two years ago. I didn't realize the intersection between pornography and human trafficking. So Mm -hmm. I'm always learning something. And then also the abortion industry, you know, which is a permanent way to get rid of the evidence. So I put that out there. I have people that I can rely on as resources in all facets dealing with human trafficking. Right. Um, So it's just extraordinary. But I started adding human trafficking into our organization, our mission and vision. I want to say back in 2016, Mm -hmm. uh, when I had my conference in Charlotte, North Carolina, one of my presenters encouraged me to reach out to the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department. And one of their detectives came and gave a human trafficking awareness presentation. And that was my first time really being exposed to this information. And like many others, I was like, oh my goodness. Ever since then, I have always partnered with the FBI, local state law enforcement, um, other different nonprofit agencies to bring this awareness. So that is, it will all mm-hmm. be our conferences. Oh, I love that. And I, you know, Jennifer, I think, um, you know, for our listeners, that's, that's one of the things that we try to bring to the forefront all the time is 
you would be surprised how easily and how quickly human trafficking intersects in a in in a probably a passion that you have in regards to helping others. Um, it intersects in probably your daily life. So for example, anywhere from your child going to school and they are friends with a child who is being trafficked. I know that has happened to uh, me as an elementary teacher. Um, and there was a child being, you know, trafficked by their uh, parents, right? So yeah. you have college students who are also being forced fraud and there's coercion in regards to, hey, save money for college, come and, you know, start stripping or just be an escort or it's fast, quick money. And then boom, 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 it just leads one after another. Right. So we're in that space, no matter how much of a bubble we're in, all of the statistics and law enforcement will tell us how it's in your neighborhood. They go yes. to those neighborhoods intentionally because no yes. one's going to look for them there as well as they get ongoing clients. They're going to pay some high dollar, right? So I appreciate you sharing that because that is so key. That's going to help the public wake up, right? So tell us what uh, what was your ministry before you uh, started bringing human trafficking into this space, what is it that Unstoppable You Ministries actually uh, started off as? Well, actually, um, I, I incorpor- uh, started the nonprofit in 2017. My platform, okay. I had the Unstoppable You Conference, was mm-hmm. started women's conference in 2013. Uh, and then I had a television show, Living Unshackled on Purpose, where I it actually aired on TV, mm-hmm. would purchase paid programming slots. I had a 2.3 million household reach in six different states. Now, could I guarantee that all 2.3 were watching? No, but it was pretty humbling to, you know, be able to DVR my actual show. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but I would interview people who've overcome domestic violence, um, sexual assault, rape, uh, just various different uh, forms of adversity where people are riddled with shame and guilt and they hide in that secrecy and it affects them and creates more dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Through the people that I would interview, living unshackled on purpose, I wanted people to hear these testimonies and know that they weren't alone. So these platforms were actually under my for-profit, inspirationally speaking. Little did I know as a budding entrepreneur coming out of the military that I was, I had nonprofit causes that I was trying to do under a for-profit business and it was costing me money. And that's when I woke up um, through the help of others to start the nonprofit. So it was a natural progression that because I'm a domestic violence survivor and thriver myself, so that was always a key. Then we always gave makeovers to homeless men and women, and then adding the human trafficking piece. So we serve those three demographics in our organization in some capacity, whether emergency services, public education and training, or supportive resources around the country. So mm. in, um, I'm hubbed in Maryland, 
because of our various platforms, my reach is everywhere. I'm not, I'm, I don't limit myself that way. And all three demographics, one person can experience all three. That's right. And that's what I try to bring about people who, who judge, you know, well, why is this person homeless? Well, let's back it up to if they are a runaway teenager or in and out of foster care, um, the mm-hmm. system, they're tired of their home life or they got kicked out. Now they're homeless. They're living out there on the street. They meet someone who the Romeo pimp. Right kind of like the domestic violence, but it's also grooming that leads into the human trafficking. And um, matter of fact, this Saturday, uh, June, tomorrow, June 26th, my organization, one of our platforms is an opioid epidemic awareness workshop. So that is something that we created because the opioid epidemic is huge around the country. And many parents have no idea, you know, why their child is trapped into this and things are hidden in plain sight. Even though substance abuse is not a key part of our mission and vision, it does intersect all three demographics. Mm -hmm. So we are in the trenches in various ways trying to Uh, in the collaboration, just trying to get the word out there and be able to help individuals and families in this situation. Right. That's Unstoppable Ministries, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. were involved. I appreciate. And I really wanted to circle back and get you to explain that more thoroughly because I really wanted the public to understand, right, is here's... I think with you, Jennifer, and and this is one of the other reasons that you and I clicked. I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to have Jennifer on this show is because you started something from your own experience and it could have just stayed with domestic violence. It could have just stayed. You'll probably have a lot of academia who like uh, teach nonprofit. And I come from that big nonprofit space. My husband um you know, has studied nonprofits, uh, board members, like all of these things and worked and created nonprofits. So we get it. And we live in like the nonprofit hub of Austin, Texas, like they're everywhere, right, of nonprofits. And so you'll probably get a lot of people that say, oh, no, you have to stay in your vision. You have to stay and you can't deviate. It just makes you look very hodgepodge. And I am so against that. And I have battled with so many nonprofits and their board members and in a, in a, you know, battling in a positive way because I've said, look, you're great at what you do. This is your population that you're helping. However, you've uncovered all these other things. Like you mentioned, they intersect. Now they're homeless. Now they have a drug addiction. Oh my gosh, they have been trafficked. Uh, They have actually childhood sexual abuse or abandonment or what have you. So too many organizations continue to have tunnel vision 
And that does not help the individual holistically, right? Like, because we're only trying to fix one problem and then don't realize that if you also don't fix the others or address them, right, and support and provide resources, that individual is still going to have all of these gaps, all of these holes, um, have that shame shackled to their uh, trafficker. They're never going to get out of it. And so this is where like we missed the mark, right? Yeah. Like we could have found now I give I give lots of grace in the human trafficking space because we know that wasn't even a word till a little over a decade ago, right? And it takes a long time for people to catch up um, and understand what that is. So I I get it. I totally get it doing this almost uh, th- 14 years now myself. Um, you're always learning. You're always learning. And I get it. However, we're never going to treat that person whole and help them become a whole person if we don't get outside of our nonprofit right box and say, okay, here are these areas. And I applaud you and your team and your group because y'all have noticed that. And you said, Mm -hmm. all right, now this couple is actually going to provide for porn addiction, but then we can have human trafficking in there and make people aware, right? Mm -hmm. And let our buyers be aware. Um, Then we could go over here with homeless and talk to the homeless. And I love that you include men. I I really need to highlight that again, because that is another huge left out population is um, the poor men, like and especially in the human trafficking space, men get beat up because right. they are the statistics show that they are the majority of the buyers. And so the men get beat up. And I'm like, however, do we not realize that men also get assaulted? Right. And they also get trafficked. And there are men that get kicked out of their home, like you were mentioning, um, or go into foster care and they leave. And guess what happens to them? They too are in survival mode or and or another adult comes along and totally coerces this young, impressionable individual who just wants some food, right? And a place to stay. And lo and behold, they're trafficking them. Um, And so I appreciate y'all doing that because y'all really... um, for lack of a better phrase, really like ahead of the trend, if you will, because we ignore our men. Mm -hmm. We totally ignore them. And they're the other half of the population. And it's like, yo, we actually have to have them as an ally so they could stop buying sex. But we also need to support them and believe them when they say that they are being trafficked. Right. You got it, sister. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Thank you for providing a service to them, and especially homeless men. We know there's such a large population of homeless men throughout the United States. And thank you for providing that for them. Um, uh, I appreciate you. And just real quick, the reason, so our conference was a women's conference, but then a few years afterwards, I had men stopping me and saying, Jennifer, it's great you're in, but what about us? Because there's no of women empowerment events, but Unstoppable You Conference is something that the whole family can come to. It's even appropriate for teenagers. So there's no celebrities involved. I'm like the speakers in that community are the celebrities. So let it be a family event where dad, mom, and teenagers Mm. 
can attend, glean from it. Because a lot of parents, they don't even know when their children turn that great age of preteen and teen. Yeah. They don't even know how, what to say to them anymore. How sure. they, what conversations. So when they all attend the conference, they can say, well, what did you think about that couple that weathered that storm and spoke on pornography addiction or mm-hmm. Think about that human trafficking presenter or the things that the statistics that she shared and and put out. Um, so and or the domestic violence presentation or whatever. So it provides a a springboard for parents to use to open up fruitful conversations on the way home at the dinner table and everything else. Yeah. Just think if we are going to win this war. The dads, the men need to be involved. Oh, yes, 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 they do. Like, I love that you said the dads need to be involved, right? Because so my dad, (laughs) excuse me, my dad, I was not like I'd had to turn back around if I was wearing something uh, maybe that was a little too showy when I was going to be around a lot of adult uh, adults, period, men and women, right? He was like, hey, that's not really age appropriate. Um, you look great and everything like that, but there's going to be a lot of adult men there and their wives. So I, I need you to go back and be mindful of that. That came across very different from my dad than it did my mom, right? Like my mom, same thing, her and I, I mean, we're, I think when I was especially a lot younger, we were like little fashionistas and her and I almost the same height and, you know, things like that. So we love to to dress up and, but her and I, we're around a bunch of women. It's different, right? Dressing around a bunch of women than seeing a man's perspective coming from my dad. And so I love, you're saying like, let's include the dad for a variety of reasons, right? Um, variety of reasons. So I, I, we can actually thank each other all day long, uh, which I'm happy to do so because I just love that y'all include them. Um, and yeah, we need to stop excluding dads and we need to include them, whether you're married to them or not. Just imagine that type of co-parenting, right? Like coming to a conference like yours, they're no longer married, for example, because we know there's a lot of that, but they're so invested in still being a support and unit for their child's well-being, right? Like that that is a game changer. You're yeah. talking people, these strangers online would probably very hard pressed to, you know, force fraud or coercion against a, a you know, someone someone young. Um so thank you for that. Now now you mentioned um you know, domestic violence and in, in your experience. And I know domestic violence affects so many people, right? Um, even not just obviously the individual being physically or mentally abused, but the ones around as well and seeing that. Um, what is one thing you think that people still don't get about uh, domestic violence? I don't think they realize how one uh, how how a person finds themselves in that situation, and I truly believe, based on my research and talking to people and my own story, low self esteem mm. is a common characteristic, and I then also believe that that is uh, how human traffickers find their victims. That's right. So, 
have a quote that low self-esteem is the pathway to self-destructive behaviors. Wow. Don't know who you are and you don't feel like you're enough or worthy. You long to fill that void with in, with external vices. Mm-hmm. And not all those uh, external things that we try to fill that void are beneficial. Many sure. times they're not beneficial at all. So it leads to promiscuity, uh, poor decision-making, things like that, that low self-esteem, isolation, substance abuse, you name it. So when people were like, well, how did they get into this? It's your mind is jaded. You want you want to see the world in these rose-colored glasses because you don't see yourself as that rose. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it seems like people can pick sense those who need that extra compliment, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Also, why they stay, um, especially if a, a, a man or a woman, a single parent with children, yeah, makes it that much harder. As you know, COVID-19 created the perfect storm. So we can go on and on about why they stay. But I truly believe that the self-esteem is a common characteristic. And it also is that common characteristic in the human trafficking realm as well. Yeah, it it totally is, right? Like, um, so for example, you and I did not grow up with social media. Thank God. <laughs> like, I probably would be famous for not awesome things. <laughs> so I'm so glad I did not grow up with social media. Um, but those who have grown up with social media and our kids right now, right, we know they post everything that they're thinking or that's happening. And unfortunately, when you are that young and that frontal lobe is not developed yet, right? This adult can see one hint of low self-esteem, one sliver of lack of confidence, right? One um, micro bite, if you will, of like, oh my gosh, this kid needs something. They need something or they want something that they don't have or can't get. That's Mm -hmm. all it takes. They're in like Flynn and they're like, got you. And then they just, it's a snowball effect, right? From from there. And so that is what, you know, when you have domestic violence, you have human trafficking. I do believe people, obviously, because domestic violence and the awareness has has been going on for a long time. So people know this happens and there's some comprehension about it. Um, human trafficking is still so new and there's so many myths and people are very confused about it. So this is just still new. And that is another reason why I wanted you on this show to really help our our listeners understand, um, cause I think they could get behind domestic violence, right? Like I said, the comprehension right. part. And like you said, they don't understand how someone could get in that, that mess. And I'm going to tie that to human trafficking. Cause I have so many people still to this day say, Oh, well that's teenage rebellion or that teenager got themselves into that trouble. And now they gotta, you know, just go through the consequences. I'm like, No, we don't want the consequences of them being trafficked. That is totally illegal. 
and that adult is going to be arrested because we have laws about that. Um, But as a community, we can't just do this and say, well, that's kind of teenage rebellion. And I I come across that all the time. And to me, that's just lack of education is is what it is. Um, But it's so detrimental to our community and our young people when we have that mentality, right? And um, and then the other part that you mentioned is why they stay. Okay, we are gonna go ahead and push a pause with Jennifer Foxworthy. Um, she is gonna share a lot more in regards to that master manipulator that our young people are seeing when it comes to human trafficking and the homeless population. Um, all of the populations really that are affected by these human traffickers. Um, So make sure you listen in to part two. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.